In the night I hear him talk The coldest story ever told Somewhere far along this road He lost his soul To a woman so heartless How could you be so heartless? Oh, how could you be so what? Are you alright, Jordan? Is everything good? That was definitely the most low energy like intro in like a while in a long time. Dave, something's wrong with your internet. It's maybe it's my internet. Let me turn this off. No, it's my Considering I can hear you perfectly, probably yours. Yeah, I think I'm straight. Yeah, yeah. It's a shoot. It should be grand. How's the boys? Yeah. I'm chilling, brother. But you? Yeah, I'm good. It's been a good week, you know. You, you all see that we've discovered, well, mainly, I think it was mainly me. I have discovered a vaccine for No wonder for you're stressed COVID. out. This man single-handedly Coming out of Pfizer. Vaccine. So, uh, you guys are welcome. I really wanted outside to be open again in 2021. I got sick of this shit. So, I got to do, someone had to do the work. I was at work and I was like, fuck, you know what, fuck this shit. I'm just going to go open the vaccine for COVID-19. And now that it's out there, my thing is, how are you guys going to be in a rush to take this shit? I'm never taking that shit. They must be mad uh, if they think not, I'm taking that shit. Soon. Not anytime soon. Are you guys no. anti-vaxxers? No. no, no, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but no means. like. But I, I just what? know well enough to not go take something that is fresh out, like fresh out. And then in another 10 years, they'll be like, remember that vaccine you guys took 10 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. So these are the side effects. Yeah, yeah, that shit has like well, preemptive think, what, cancer in it or some shit. Like God knows. Well, what they'll do is, I, I, I can, I can see countries before they allow travel back into their country, they'll have, they probably make people take the vaccine. So, so that they said, they, said, they said that in Ireland actually. Yeah, I, I had a feeling that's the only way that like, like unrestricted travel can come back, because I know people, a girl at work, she's going back to America for her for Christmas, and Americans are only taking in American citizens. Which is fair enough, but I just feel like unre- unrestricted, uh, unrestricted traveling because of this vaccine, they'll be like they'll make you get like a certificate of some sort. Do you know how we have like if you've been to the US, you have like a US visa that you have yeah. to get to show that you're actually you can travel. I have a feeling with this vaccine, that's probably the only way I'll take this vaccine if I have to do it to travel. I so joke. Mm-hmm. So the whole twenty twenty one, you're gonna stay inside again. I'm not taking that. I'm not taking that shit. Or look. But uh, pe- people are out here, yeah. People are actually out here, like making fake college degrees. I can pretty, I'm pretty sure if it's a certificate, if I can get my hands on one, I can get one made up. That's true, but if you people could have said that about the U.S. visa, but there's the, probably no way around that. Probably is. That, that one's probably a bit more serious than the fucking coronavirus vaccine. The, the coronavirus shut down the economies. Do you not think like that's pretty serious that they, to create a system as like as efficient as possible to like have people show proof that they've take, taken this vaccine to come into your country. Um, but then again... Do... How many times have you been past checkpoints? And all you have to say is, oh yeah, I'm going to go shopping or I'm going to go do this. If, we're, if it was being taken that seriously, the lockdown would probably be taken a lot seriously as well. It was taken right. seriously the first time around. The first time around, the world like shut down. This, I think this time around, because pe- we've managed to live around it to an extent. The first time around, it was like it was very. It's still unknown to an extent, but the one in March, the lockdown. This lockdown actually doesn't feel any different. 
to like level three or whatever level mm. four. The only thing is I'm not going gym. Other than that, well, I'm like the one in March. Clothes, I felt it. That's it, bro. The one in March, I I did. I'm moving around less now than I did in March. I was flying. Facts. Facts. What? Like, Facts. It's it wasn't even that deep back then. Like if a guard stops you, you just be like I'm going shopping, or like I I went to Dublin to go pick up a car with a mate during that lockdown. Mm. That's very nice. I think I was just mainly more motivated during the first lockdown. That could be yeah, part of the too. fact that I didn't actually have COVID in the first lockdown compared to <laughs> the effects of having it in the second lockdown. Like it just I'm still trying to I'm still trying to gather energy at this stage. Have you gone out yet? Yeah. I mean I've gone out. My infectious period is done now. So like okay. my infectious period has been done. I had a I had a little call with my GP like before I went there. I was like, yo, am I straight? And he's like, Yeah, it should be good. Did 10 days. Just walk out, just just limit your contact with people still. So I haven't really been around people, um, but that's a lockdown anyway, isn't it? So it's just kind of like, doesn't really make a difference. Like, just, it's going to be tough trying to interact with people again. We should do lockdown check-ins. How you, how's you guys' lockdown going? The exact same as, not like, I go to work, I come home, I watch, I finished Desperate Housewives all eight seasons yesterday. And I will say to people listening to this, it is one show that there's like multiple seasons, but the quality does not decline. That's a lie. Highly recommend. That that is not lie. Nah, 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 nah. Dead. It I used to watch a cash. I used to watch no, cash. I'm, I'm, no, season the reason, one, the reason why I can say it's a lie, the reason why yeah. I can say it's a lie is because I'm watching it right now. Like I'm on, I think maybe season three or four or something like that. And the quality, like, it's nah. just the storyline is so just kind of boring now. Nah, bro. I'm telling. I promise you, I'm watching it. You know, okay. You know, without giving away. Actually, I don't give a fuck. If you guys haven't seen it, that's your own yeah, fault. Ten, <laughs> ten years ago, ten years ago. You know when? Um, you know when they they move on five years later and like. Um, oh, and Gabby Mike and, has yeah, Mike and Tina have divorced yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bear in mind, called? I used to watch it casually. Like, so ah, you know, give me the plot. Everyone used to watch it casually. It's a yeah. fucking good show. But like, like though, it's just kind of, it's just kind of. It's not as good as it used to be. I'm not gonna say it's shit, but like, let's say it was like nah. here. It's <laughs> knocked down to like here. Even Longoria well, yeah, could get a still. That's good. But do, do you know what I'm watching now? Even Longoria doesn't look as hot as she did back when I was younger. You know. Nah, even yeah, Longoria. Are you on about even Longoria? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think. I think it's. I think it's maybe because now, like with the modern day, because you have access to like Instagram and Twitter, you you see a variety of women now. Whereas back then, you only saw Eva Longoria type women Tuesday at 9 p.m. So her well, that's a classy was like, woman, Jordan. That'll always be a classy woman. I uh, don't know, Eva man. Longoria, man. Like, Beauty standards just got warped. Not, I, I think I don't know. I think that's she. She's she is she is like she's a she's a hottie. But at the same time, I feel like when I was younger, she seemed like she was way hard. But yeah, that's kind of my quarantine. I just binge watch shit now. I go to work, I binge watch her. The weekend, I might get wine, Chinese food, and chill. Yeah, I'm actually like, I'm actually happy out. It's not like not, not a lot to complain about. Bro, I've 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 more or less reverted back into a 16 year old. Like, like, I just I just I've just been watching Let's Plays again. I've just been playing like in the evening. I just start playing Among Us. I go on Discord with whoever, just play it. Like, um, just been playing games. Really, haven't really proper did like a a, a quarantine workout yet. I've just been I've just been living life, man. No, I'm really? not doing those home workouts again. Yeah. They, they, they get so easy to, to like, be, be, not be motivated for it. Like, I'm seeing people doing their 5Ks again and their home workouts. I'm like, this year has been a long year. 
Mm. Can you believe this year we're already doing those? And I see people say, we're about to do a go do a 5K. And I was like, I have no motivation to do 5Ks and home workouts again. That's what I'm saying. I feel like mainly with the lockdown stuff, I think we're just like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think we're taking our time too serious. Like, like how we utilize our time, like doing workouts and doing this stuff. And you have to be doing stuff. And it has to be like, you know, you have to fulfill your whole day. When really like, when you bear it down to the simple stuff, we can all say as introverts, like you enjoy it. Like that's what I've been doing. Like oh, last time, last lockdown, I really pressured myself to try do stuff and, you know, have yeah, it yeah, 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 from yeah, the start yeah. of the day. Yeah. And now in contrast, it's like this one. It's just like, do you know what? I'm kicking back. Like, I don't and you know what need... I think that's because of? Why? I think that has to do with the weather. Honestly, I think because the first one is in the summer, their time, yeah. like March, April, exams, and it's sunny outside. Remember, we were, we were trying to get a basketball game for ages. Because yeah. it's sunny and it's nice, whenever that happens, even in general, pandemic or no pandemic, you always feel the pressure to be out or to be in town or to go to a beer garden or to go like somewhere in the summer. You always feel more pressure to actually go out and do stuff and live life compared mm. to maybe in the winter where... Like on a Friday, you would usually just stay in with your missus and get like a nice Chinese. You might go to the Christmas lights there and there, but usually in the winter, people don't mind staying in as much as in the summer. That pressure to do things with the good weather, because maybe subconsciously, because we know we have like two months of it in Ireland, and yeah. then we're back to this bullshit again for the majority of the time. So we put ourselves under that bit of pressure around like March, April, May to kind of be like, yo, we have to be out doing stuff, doing 5Ks, hook, like linking to play hoop. Now it's like, I drive home at 4 p.m. from work and it's dark. And I'm like, There's, nobody's going to be pushed to do anything anyways. Even if, no and, pandemic or no pandemic. Nobody does yeah. anything these days in the summer. In the and the great morning. thing is, the great thing is, like, the fact that we've had two lockdowns, it's like, that has gave me enough time to try every single outlet that can, you know, alleviate some sort of boredom or some sort of, I don't know, void that I can't go by my normal routine. I've tried every single outlet. I think the outlet, like, I've enjoyed the most now. It's just kicking back, really. Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, saying. honestly. Yeah. How's your lockdown going to for you, Ditch? Or quarantine thing? For me, this is, like, I don't... The fun thing is, that, like, for the past year of shit, anyways, maybe even two years, I haven't really been going out anyways. Like, I am a proper home. I've been a homebody anyways, so it doesn't really affect me. Now, mm-hmm. it just means that I don't have to go out unless I have to go out. So, mm-hmm. I'm just saving money. That's, do you use last yeah. stand? Do you use last stand for the 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 whole? Oh, the option is nice to go out, or is it just something that like just doesn't even cross your mind? Not really, you know. Like even the option of going out would be nice, but that's like even when we were back in like level two or level three or whatever. I know I couldn't keep up with these fucking levels. Like it was nice to be able to go out to Nando's again or to go to shopping center again. Like those things were nice to do. But usually when I go out, or like I'd go out say for example Saturday by like one p.m. It gets to like four o'clock and I'm already like, I just want to be at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like I, it's not like I like staying out. So like, I'm not going to go out from like one to like seven or eight. I like going out for like a nice meal, maybe here and there. And after that, I'm like, look, I, like, I just want to kick back and chill. Do, 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 maybe like the one thing I thought I'd missed that I haven't even thought about was the cinema. Like, I just haven't even like, like, I think I said it on the part. I missed the cinema. That, that used to be my idea of just, just simple days like simple like there's nothing to do it was always the cinema you go on your phone you check the time apart from viral movies you really go to the cinema yeah yeah fully fully yeah yeah, yeah. i mean marvel I movies are like the headline act but like mm-hmm. i'll just watch anything casually like in, the, in the cinema do you know what i mean 
it's the experience. Like you're buying into an experience at the end of the day of the cinema. That's why I don't get people's logic of, oh, I could just sit there and watch it. But like you're buying it, you go there, you get a smell of the popcorn, the carpet, you know that, you know, when you smell that cinema carpet, like. Yeah, no, I get you. It's, it's, like, it's the motive more than anything. It's the yeah. motive more than anything. You're kind of like, yeah, it, it, that's, that's the aspect that we look forward to. I think that's what it is. We pay for experience because you can pay for, you can buy steak and make steak at home and make roast mm-hmm. potatoes. But you go to eat steak because you love being there, the ambiance, the wine, the chill vibes. So that, that aspect of it is kind of nice. But I, I think what you're, like, to the original point you were making, I was like, yeah, I, I do like kind of having the option. But what I'm saying is I'm not missing the option right now. And it's like only three weeks left already. It's quick enough, isn't it? It's a quick enough it's lockdown, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, three weeks left of lockdown before they open it up for December. <laughs> it's gonna be a wild thing. It's Christmas. That's that's literally it. Like Christmas yeah. is, is too big and makes and generates too much money for them to lock down during Christmas. That's the mm-hmm. only reason that this lockdown isn't going into the new year. Because if it if it was, people would just be like, fuck it, and they need to go up for Christmas anyways, but Think, just think how much money Christmas generates. That they're not going to allow that to not happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is if we have a Christmas just to boost see, up thing, consumer spending. Like, well, the thing about that that doesn't make any sense is that if you're willing to open it up for Christmas and all of this money, why close it down in the first place? Because you, everyone knows Christmas sales, Christmas shopping. Every you know how mad that gets. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to catch Corona. <laughs> so yeah. lucky anyways. Well, I, th- I think it's like, like I said, go on, go on, Dave. No, for me, it's like putting a dog in a cage and drawing out a steak in front of it. Like you're trapping in these consumers for so long that you are like teasing them and enticing them with the idea of Christmas. And I think more than ever this year, we're going to see like, like rapid, fast consumerism, like especially with the fact that people will go online and spend more than ever this year because people are going by that logic of, well, we can't go physically out. And maybe the shops won't be as packed, but we will see probably one of the most hectic Christmases. And like, I think we need that really to, to balance out um, financially what's been going on this year is we have a booming Christmas. Yeah, and I think it's like, we're talking about like the ambience and the experience as well. Like Christmas shopping in town, sometimes it's like about going into town about the vibes. It's a vibe like, too, man. I, sometimes I, like, I don't even want to go home with all those bags I'm carrying, especially because usually when I used to go into town before, like even now sometimes when I go into town, I'd rather just pay for the train ticket because I'm like, in case I meet someone, I want to have a few drinks. Like going into town for Christmas, it's not just because I'll be in town, I'll check my Snap, I'll check Instagram, I'll see somebody that I know, and I'll link up with them. We'll go to Captain America's, Captain America's get chicken wings. Mm-hmm. So, like, I get what they've, I mean, they just has a point. Like, why even lock it up in the first place if you're just going to open it back up? And I just think it's a thing about politicians saving face. You bring the numbers low now, so when they rise back up in December, you have a means of justifying that. You'd be like, look, the numbers are low. Risk. Yeah, you take the risk of like, look, you keep the numbers low for a while, nobody's talking about it. Because if the numbers are constantly high, it's what people focus on. Now people are not going to focus on it. Maybe in December, people are going to be having too much, too much of a good time with mm-hmm. the ambience and being allowed back out to actually even think about their COVID numbers. And this whole COVID number, it's actually like, we've been talking about this this March. After a while, it's like, people, I, I just see it when I see it when someone highlights it to me. And I don't go checking for them anymore. In March, I was checking like every day. Now I'm just like, I'll see when I see it. Do you know what's refreshing too? What'd you say, Ditch? Those COVID numbers are wrong anyways. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I was about to say, do you, know what's ref- do you know what's refreshing as well? 
Um, this is the first year we're not going to hear New Year, New Me by January. <laughs> I'm going to miss that. Oh, I'm going to miss Are that Are we not gasped by that realistically? Like, walking the stairs. <laughs> That girl walking the stairs. I'm gonna miss her. Oh, <laughs> uh, like I am. I am glad to put this whole year behind us, though. And I, it's like yeah. going into the year as well. It's like there's literally seven weeks, six weeks left this year. That's actually insane when you think about it that way. There's six weeks left this year. There's obviously there's a co- there's a new president of the United States. There's Cope, the fucking vaccine is out. How do you, what you guys make of like the way Trump, <laughs> like there's, it's like the first time I've ever really been engaged in politics and it's not because I really care about politics. I really don't care about American politics like that. I don't know how it affects me in a day to day. It probably doesn't, but it's more like the entertainment aspects of American politics. And I, mm-hmm. it got me thinking about how people like handle defeats and classes in life, even just in general, not just like losing in life. When shit goes wrong, are you the type to like blame everybody around you and pinpoint of like this went wrong because of this or this went wrong because of that all the words against me? Or are you the type to kind of like step back and look at what you've done and take accountability for that, like on on an honest thing? I think I think it depends on the loss or it depends on uh on the on the severity of the loss. Like like I can lose I can lose a game or something online and and, it, mm. and it's and it's and it's like it's out the window pretty much but like i can lose something that has some severity attached to it and then it's like you turn it into a grieving process which is the same thing when you lose someone it's like you mm. go through the grieving process of denial and yeah. blaming and then it's a long time before it goes into acceptance and like i think us as men as well with it being an all-male contested presidency like we have egos and mm. like it hurts for like to know that like, like, imagine you're Trump, yeah, really. And what's the population of America? Like, the majority of these guys don't like you. And it's been highlighted mm. and it's been established when you go in your limo and you drive past the crowd celebrating. Like, like I'm, not, I'm not vouching for him. I'm not caping for him because, you know, I don't feel anything towards that guy. But, like, it's, it's just, like, shit. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's hard to accept. And there's so many, like, I can imagine there were so many privileges um, attached to being a president and there's so many liabilities if you don't get voted in for another term so it's like we don't really know the half of it so it's like mm. naturally you're going to be a sore loser like i don't get how people expect them to be a gracious winner when like a great loser rather sorry yeah great yeah i don't know i don't get how people expect them to be a gracious loser when you know there's it's high stakes but like, because we've seen other presidents, like maybe because social media wasn't around and Trump is actually not even a president. Because when I was looking at this, obviously, like you said, the way you put it is actually grand in a way. Sometimes there, sometimes there is a bit of denial and then you get to a part where you blame the world and you hate everything and maybe you get some acceptance. But so I was just watching the, this grown man throw a tantrum on Twitter and throw his legal team at things. And I was just like, mm. take your L and just move on. It's like, I didn't know the presidential thing was... Obviously, it's a high status, but you're already a billionaire. You already have an established life outside of the presidency. I understand how some people can get attached to the status, like you're saying, because it brings so many privileges to them. But as mm-hmm. a billionaire, you probably have a lot of those privileges, especially as a billionaire white man in America. So it was just weird. No, weird. It was actually not the least surprising to see how he handled it, but the length that he's going through to hire legal teams. Bro, are, I thought oh, it was going to be an Al Gore, George Bush situation, part two. Yeah, like I thought I thought I thought this was all building up to being a recount, and then. Well, the, the thing about this, right, is just like 
why is anybody surprised? This has been Trump for the past four years. Like, he's been just working off of vibes and emotion. Like, when Trump has ever been like, you know what? This might not be the best thing to do. Like, how is my like, president tweeting stupid shit his whole presidency? Like, his whole tenure as president tweeting stupid shit. Why do we think that he's going to be like, oh, yeah, cool, bye, guys, I'm out. Like, obviously, and the thing is, that's the thing that got him in. So if you're already in a loser position, you throw the kitchen sink at it. You do everything you could possibly do to either get a recount or anything. So, like, like for me, I just expected it. But to be honest, I, I don't, you know what the thing is? Like, I don't know, especially American politics, everyone speaks about it. Like, it's something that I have to look at. I have something that's going to affect my, I don't, like, bro, Obama became president, didn't change my life. Trump mm-hmm. became president, didn't change my life. All mm-hmm. it, like, it's, it's never, bro, so much so, like, I don't even care about the Irish politics because I haven't really felt that much of a change in my life. Do you get what I'm saying? So if I don't care about the Irish politics, I'm not going to care about the UK politics or the US politics. Like, fuck all of it. I don't give a fuck. And I got, so I think, I got looked at it. I was mad because of that. Mm, I, think I think what, like, it's, it's not like necessarily, I, like, per se, like you're saying, I don't care about it from a standpoint where it's going to affect my day-to-day living, year-by-year living. Uh, in fact, I probably don't care about it at all. It's the entertainment aspects that it provides, like Boris Johnson and Brexit and Nigel Farage. That was just pure, like, <laughs> entertainment on the timeline. And, you're, and it's also like watching these men who are, like, in a position of power, who have, like, who should have such influence, behave like bloody children. And it just kind of shows you, like, Whatever people, whatever role people do in this life, sometimes they're just winging it. <laughs> it just exposes them for, for for the frauds they are, and they, they're the people that probably shouldn't be frauds. You are making decisions to infect, like in the case of like the U.S. three hundred million, and in the U.K. like wh- whatever the population is. You are in charge of making all the solutions, and we're watching you guys behave. Like how are you, Boris Johnson, saying you went to the COVID ward and you shook hands with all the patients, and then you get COVID. What do you think? <laughs> like, what do you, you think you is going to happen? You, you, know, you, know, you know, for me, what I realized is because when we were, when we were in uh, when I was in secondary school, they took us to the doll or whatever, and we mm. what, we sat there and we watched and they got into like a little tiff about like public transport and all this kind of shit. And I sat there and the only thing that I got from it is that all these men do is sit around and cuss each other. That's literally that's all they do. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you're getting paid big big piece. To come here and sit down and just cuss each other like, <laughs> and I was just like, bro, I could do this. And I don't think that's what's been built it. on, really. Like, I'm I'm just going off a dead just point. Like, it's always been like, like you're. It's always been built to have a party that is really there to be disguised as a counterparty to the other party. But really, like, they're mm. all in this together in a coalition because, like, at the end of the day, this isn't gonna radically affect like American people's lives overnight because. Like you have the Democrats that are gassed that they have that they have someone from the Democrats in 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 the office. But like really, like when you look at it, it's like like in Congress now, there's still it's still a Republican or conservative dominated Congress. Like like even the Senate now, like Democrats are struggling to get seats in the in the Senate, and it's mostly and it's mostly Republicans. So really, like this whole shit is a coalition, really, rather than a victory for the democrats like so like it doesn't really make a difference they're always going to be there to be disguised as the counter as the ops like the opposition but really like it's all at one big play all you guys are the same man just mixing you know mixing and shit 
Yeah, mm. they said people, the same people that were against Trump rallies because of COVID were the same people that went to celebrate, that had like celebration parades. So how are you against rallies and people gathering? But then when Trump loses, you're doing the same thing as they're gathering. I, but then I, I, like, I started thinking about it and I was like, this is like, it's, a, it's an indictment really on like Hillary because people didn't trust you so much that they were willing to elect like this, this lunatic in power. And I was saying, it comes to a thing that sometimes because Hillary for... W- people can sense authenticity when someone's being real with them or someone's being fake or someone's being like hiding something the older you get the better you are at like detecting these kind of things in people if someone's talking and you feel like they're shady you're gonna kind of be able to detect that better and it's like it's just an indictment on like on hillary for the fact that this guy was just real he was just him like they're just saying trump was trump and for some reason that resonated better with people than whatever Hillary was trying to do. When Joe Biden came out, Joe Biden was the same because they, they want, I was listening to political people and they wanted Joe Biden to go like, do you know how Trump was far left? They wanted Biden to go far right. But he didn't do that. He was him. And for some reason, then that resonated with people. So he just made me think, it's like, I, what if you're authentic, right or wrong, that resonates with people in whatever like your ears you're trying to do. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, yeah. I get what you're saying. I agree with what you're saying. But I also do think it's a thing where when Hillary was running, a lot of people looked at Trump as a joke. They didn't think he was going to win. Mm. So a lot of people were just kind of, you know, one of those things that, why do I need to vote? They'll vote. He's not going to win anyways, kind of a situation. Mm. But after people had lived with Trump being president for four years, and then also it's become cool. Like, it's, as weird as it sounds, it's cool to hate Donald Trump. Like, Think about all the songs, fuck Donald Trump, Trump is this, Trump is racist, Trump is this. So now everyone has come together, even people that don't give a fuck about what's happening. It's cool. So they can post on their Instagram and be like, yo, I voted kind of the situation. So that means everyone just came out in numbers. Like, how many of those people that voted for Biden do you actually, do you think actually have a clue what the fuck is going on? They didn't it, vote really. for it's, it's, it's the safer Trump. option. It's the, safer, it's the yeah. safer option overall to hate Trump and like Biden, but it's harder to look more extensively into the research of it because like we're looking at it and like exactly. Kamala, mm, Kamala's not a saint. Like Biden's not like, like we saw Kamala's record as a district attorney. She was prolific with arresting people, like prolific, like poor, like, like LeBron numbers arresting people like for, for, for minor shit. Like, so it's kind of just like really like it is the lesser of two evils, but I think it's so easy for people to say it's the lesser of two evils and leave it at that. But really, how evil are we talking Biden and Kamala? Because how do we know it's not history? I was going to say, how do we know it's not history repeating itself? And in four years' time, people are hating Biden and liking his counter. Well, see, the thing is, I think, I think it's one of those things where Trump made people clock that it is just, it's about, it's a popularity contest. You get what I'm saying? It's no mm. longer, it's not, it actually has nothing to do with politics anymore. It's purely a popularity contest. So instead of marketing yourself as this political person and does this and does this and does this, you just need to market it. Like you need to change it from, oh, I want you to vote for me to if you vote for him, you are this person that you hate. So it's ta- like it's taken the decision out of most people's hands. It's like, yeah. oh shit, I have to vote for you. Do you get what I'm saying? And a lot of people that just don't give up, like don't know what's happening and Everyone is good. Like, okay, I said that I don't give a fuck about what happens. Like, I didn't care about the election or anything. I got looked at like I got looked at like I was mad. And I live in Ireland. 
<laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, mm. someone that lives in, in America and is like, oh, I'm not voting after everyone is, what's called, Viola Davis is posting up videos. Eh, vote, vote, go out and vote, guys. Everyone is saying, go out and vote. There's music videos saying, fuck Donald Trump. All your favorite rappers are saying, fuck Donald Trump. This is happening. Like, what's called, who who even went, who was it? Um, Ice Cube. Look, look at the pushback he got for just talking to Trump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm saying. So it's kind of like a, it, they just marketed it as, yo, you don't need to know Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> it's like necessarily didn't even have to be, but that's what I'm saying. It didn't even have to be Biden because it wasn't political. I didn't see people talking about Biden's political points. It was more of like voting against Trump than voting for Biden kind of thing. And on the point yeah. of like Kamala, David, like... I understand what you're saying. It's a lesser of two evil because you, you judge people based on what they've done and their track record, and her track record's extensive. Like it's part, it's going to be part of her legacy. But I would also say, do you know, sometimes when, especially minorities and women, she's a woman and a minority, when you make your way up the ranks, so you could have that thing that like I have to be more assertive, I have to be more affirmative because. You don't just represent yourself; you represent the whole, like a whole, like people behind you, your your race or whatever. So maybe she thought that, like, I have to pull people away, put do this, this have to be strict, because there's not a lot of us in this position. And while I'm in this position, I have to establish myself as like, yo, this yeah. is how you're gonna progress. And of course, it's worked for her. She has the vice presidency, you know, right or wrong. So it, I could I could see how we could interpret it as like this is a limited opportunity as a woman as a woman of color as being a district attorney already. So while I'm here, I'm gonna do the most. Yes, she did. Maybe she did do too much because I was looking into it and I was hearing a podcast about it. Maybe she did do too much, but I can understand. I can also understand as a minority why sometimes you feel like I'm gonna do the most because I this is a limited opportunity. While I do the most, it's gonna establish myself. Mm. We always feel like we have to do more to to go up to ranks compared to like the white guy, or for example, you know. Not that I'm agreeing with what she's done or anything, because yeah, I've read about. Like, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to influence listeners or, or or show them what side I really stand on. But all I'm <laughs> all I'm going to say is it's easy for Kamala to do that when she can exploit the fact that she's really just a, the first female, you know, black yeah, uh, exactly. vice president. It's easy to lean into. Mm. But looking at it on paper, how is she like really empowered the people that she's trying to represent? Mm. That's my question mainly. But and, I, I, hey, and she has four years now. She has four years to show change. She's in a position of power like no woman has ever been in. So if anybody, we always talk about, like me and Dej anyway, we say sometimes we don't want to be judged on what we did 10 years ago, 15 years ago. It's not fair because someone can grow and be a different person. Because mm-hmm. for, for example, Biden also signed like laws which allowed the crack laws, the, the drugs on law. He also helped get those laws in that if you get caught with crack, you, you can spend life in jail. Biden was, part of that, Biden was part of the administration. He's 80 now, so he might not have changed. But they have four years now to kind of change their legacy or change their perspective. They will be judged based on what they're doing now. Speaking of L's anyways... A lot of people today on the timeline were sharing their L's, the losses they've taken, the hearts that got broken. Why are you guys reading that some transition of these? transition was mad. I mean, <laughs> I'm back, baby. Man, I'm like, back, baby. <laughs> Man, I'm like, you know, just spraying out topics anyhow. Oh, oh man. So, 
they were taking and i didn't like i wanted to because i wanted to laugh about this on the pod obviously because some of these stories were gas and i wanted you guys i don't know if you guys have any story let's start with stories before we get to what we saw in the timeline you guys have any stories of mad breakups of how they've changed you or your perspective or what you went through what you did do you know what i am um, i was actually talking <laughs> I was only talking to one of my boys about this and he's just like, he's, he's in a relationship crossroads at the moment and he doesn't know how to move or act with this girl. And he's turned around and said that to me. He's like, yeah, David, you've been in like, I haven't been in many, I've been in, I've been in probably two relationships and I've been in like semi relationships. Like, situationships. That's what we call situationship. It. Yeah. That's the word. That's the word. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I've been in, I've been in that sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, he was like, it's mad because it seems like you took more learning processes from uh, them relationships than, than I did because I was kind of just in a casual thing. But, like, I have really been subjected to fuckery. So it's just kind of like I've taken that and I've learned upon it. But I don't know. I'm going I'm to let someone shoot first with a heartbreak story. <laughs> Wait, how, how is my man coming and giving a whole last thing to go around just giving the story because I want to I let you shoot first I'm trying to think of mine um, I was actually I was talking about this with one of my friends in group chat yeah. um, now nah, you know no actually you know what the worst one was it was just certain certain music I couldn't listen to you know what happened? Um, Bryson Tiller Exchange. But I can't, I can't listen to that Blood Class song, you know. Oh. Yeah, there's some albums I can't go back to, really. Uh, uh, taking me back. You know what? You know what? It's just like it's an open wound and someone's just poking it. Like, that's what yeah. it is. Like, yeah. Think about the first time. Think about the first time you heard that song with peace. Think about the first time when you heard that song and you didn't feel anything. You were like, I have healed. I, I have healed. <laughs> It's hard because I was in the midst of it, but at the time that album dropped, that's why it's so like it represents it so much to me. Because at the time it dropped, I was in the middle of it or the situation. Oh, I think I was uh, like, I think like, on the timeline I was saying that like, I experienced heartbreak from, from like a young age, but a younger, I was like 20, 21. So, <laughs> so I was obviously I was I was in a relationship. Obviously, I was in a relationship for six years at the time, for, from like the age of fourteen to like we're twenty in it. Time came, you know, uni vibes. She went down to Galway. Man stayed in Dublin. Doing a long distance thing, thinking things. <laughs> thinking things are Gucci. In it. <laughs> I'm thinking things are Gucci. So then it's like. It came to a time she's like, yo, this ain't. six years later, she's like, yo, this ain't it for me. I'm like, what you mean? It's like, I just don't want to do this. Obviously, you Hold do the on. thing where you like, what? you ask, you're like pleading, you're like, ah, you're being dramatic, blah, 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 blah. I, I, did, all, I did the process, the, the emotion, you know? Like, no, I just don't want to be in a relationship right now. And I'm like, come. I was like, okay, maybe not right now. Maybe she's just, it's exam season in December because Galway do their exams in December, isn't it? Like, it's exam season. I started to justify it in my head. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's exam season. People are just stressed. We'll be calm. We'll move on past this. We'll be back again. <laughs> so then, in our time there, she made friends. With, she made friends with a guy. I didn't think much of it. Though. I was like, it's calm. She said she didn't want to be in a relationship. I was like, okay, I'll give her time. She'll heal. Two months later, she's in a relationship with this guy. <laughs> oh. After six years, oh, bro. Obviously, yeah. So obviously, then she gets in a relationship with this guy. Two weeks after, like a six-year relationship is over, telling me she doesn't want to be anybody. So my head is hot. I'm sitting in lecture rooms. 
I'm not feeling anything. I'm telling you, I did seven modules in first year, yeah, seven in total. I failed five out of seven. I had to repeat five out of my seven modules. And it's the five degrees but, of heartbreak, man. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, my head was off. So all I was thinking about is like, I'll be sitting in a lecture and I just think like, this nigga's definitely just dicking her down right now. I'm here in Dublin. Oh, <laughs> bro. The thoughts that goes go through your head to break up. So then the way I, I cope, cope with it, yeah, DCU things, I, go, I, I used to go out twice a week. Anything that people would give me, yeah, do you want to try this pill? Do you want to try this? Try this tab. I would just take it. Because the first time I did it, I felt like a high and I was like, yo, this is good. I, didn't, I stopped thinking about it, yeah? The thing about feeling the high, the next morning, your problems come back again. You're just back in the same spot. You start thinking about all this thing again. Like, Why not me? Blah. And after a while, I was just like, after doing that for like four months straight, just going out, drinking, taking whatever people give me, I realized I was in the bathroom of a club and I saw myself in the mirror. And this time I just snapped out of it. I saw myself in the mirror. I was like high on something. I saw myself in the mirror and I looked at myself and I was like, your mom would be so heartbroken if she saw you right now. That's literally that idea of like my mom seeing me in that, in that state. And I was like, you know what? I got, I got to stop this shit because heartbreak cannot lead me to die. So and then one time I think I saw you there, DG. I came to Galway, you know. I was trying to just do anything to distract myself. And I came to Galway to see Simi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were there. I came to Galway to see Simi. On my way home, I ran into her in a new month. <laughs> what? Bro, what did you expect? <laughs> oh, bro. I didn't know what I expected. I just sat on the bus back to Dublin thinking about my life. I was like, what the fuck is this happening? Well, Bro. my breakup song was like Battle Scar, Lupe Fiasco. Oh, <laughs> a song called Battle Scar. <laughs> I were, I were true. Like, it's funny looking back now because obviously, like, there's no animosity, no beef or whatever. But in that moment when I was going through it, yeah, I've, at 20, you, you might as well just killed me. <laughs> it's always funny looking Bro. back when I'm mainly like. Yeah, it's always um, funny looking girl, back now. Girl troubles are not the one, fam. I remember one time. <laughs> it had, it, like, I was, I was having situations or whatever. Bro, tell me why I'm walking around. I'm walking around this before I had a car, obviously. Miles walking around at all times of the night, just blaring like Usher and fucking. <laughs> Bro, do you ever? Are you ever so rattled? You just start doing dumb shit. Like you're not even like you're not even in realization of the dumb shit you're doing. Like I sat Indian style on the corner of my bed for like five hours, bro. Like if you walked in, you would have thought I was doing prayer. Like like what the fuck was even going on, man? Oh, bro, no, that, that thing, that thing there, yeah, heartbreak is not the one, Jesus Christ. Fam, fam, I was reading this tweet, like, can he put one up or saying that he sat at Phoenix Park for 30, 45 minutes, <laughs> just thinking about it. <laughs> it was so funny about that, one of the boys, because they, they, they spoke about that on the pod one of the days. On the podcast. He tried to tell us he was watching YouTube videos. <laughs> Just different life, and then Chan, like my boy Chan, shared his, and he's like, oh, he went God. to the club. Oh, that happened to my boy as well. Which my boy broke up with his girl. He went out as well, doing the same thing. Man was like, he took vodka and like two pills. Man was buzzing. He was high. The thing mm. is, with those things, with the pills, your emotions are sensed, like like magnified. Whatever you feel, you'll feel like in obscurity. So then we're in the club just dancing, and his babes walks in. Workman's. She knows he goes to workman's, and she goes. She knows we're there on Wednesdays. And these dude babes walks in. I was in the smoking area. I was gone as well because I was dealing with it at the same time. He came to sit beside me. And this, this is how we put everything into perspective. And this is how I knew. He's like, you know, Jordan, last week I had my fingers in her ass. And today we're in a club acting like we're strangers. 
Mm. I was like, damn. <laughs> that's how it works. Like, that's, that's how it works. That's the worst thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's the perspective. I'm like, you can be so intimate to such a degree that you have your finger in her ass that you're that comfortable and that intimate. But today, a week later, you're moving like you guys are like strangers that don't know each other at all. It's, it's, it's a massive As well as that. As well as that. That was a chess move from Ask Girl as well. Like, she knew exactly what she was doing, like, walking in. From Ask Girl! <laughs> that was a chess move, man. They know exactly <laughs> what they're doing, bro. Like, honestly. <laughs> I, I put, I put a, actually, wait, Dave. Yeah, what's yours? What's mine? I don't know, like, because yeah. like, I've had, I've had, I've, I've had heartbreaks like that stem from my situationships. But like, my first relationship, yeah, I was with the girl for like six months, and it was sort of like she was, she was out in Kulak, and um, it was like, it was like we were glorified pen pals, if that makes sense, because I was going through my leaving cert year, so I couldn't really see her that much, and it's the long distance thing, and you know, I'm not as independent. I can just go. I, I went, I went down a couple of times, like obviously, but. Yeah, we were doing our thing, like, <laughs> would, would link up a couple of times a month or whatever, but it was, like, it didn't feel like she was always, like, accessible, like, could just be there. But, like, bro, we never argued, yeah? Like, never, ever argued. That's what I'm saying. It was just very casual thing. And then I remember the, the second we argued, she just said, Let, listen, let's link up at Starbucks. Sword Starbucks. I still get PTSD when I walk past that Starbucks. Never again. <laughs> By the way, fuck Starbucks, yeah? Like, overpriced. <laughs> overpriced and trash. I'm never approaching a Starbucks ever again. Like, fuck that shit, man. Dead <laughs> coffee, bro. Dead coffee. She used to drag me. She used to drag me to all this shit. All of it. So, yeah. Um, hold on. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, ironically, what's a fitting way to end this relationship in a Starbucks? So, we go to a Starbucks, yeah? <laughs> I get to try it all the way in. I'm like, whatever argument we're in, we can, uh, we can come to a solution. Because this was during my, uh, my French uh, orals or whatever. And she, like, she didn't say a word to me like, for like a week or so. so. She's just like, yeah, not saying anything. And then she goes, yeah, good luck on your uh, French oral. I was like, yeah, thanks. So, uh, yeah, nothing leading up to this. I mean, I go, I'm like 30, 20 minutes on the train, you know, from here to Swords. And I'm like, it should be straight. Like, it should be good. She goes, ah, I want to end it. want to end it. I'm like, these <laughs> girls, like, when they call you, they're like, that's it. Like, and that was the one where <laughs> that was the one where I just uh, I went home and I uh, sat Indian style for like five hours, like like I was in prayer, of course. And you know that series on Netflix that ever pops up sometimes? You know that one called Love. Mm. It's like it's like a comedy, but it's like it's slapstick love romance stuff. Bro, tell mm. me why at the end of this series I bawled my eyes out. <laughs> like at the end of this series, nah, like nah. <laughs> Bro, you need a good cry. I remember, I remember just, I remember actually like crying and feeling like I needed to do that. <laughs> like I remember, mm. let, I was listening to Passenger, Let Her Go, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> and I just started crying. I was listening, only know you love her when you let her go. And I just started crying. I was like, fuck, the, the heartbreak is not what. <laughs> but it's scary, it's scary the way us as men, we internalize that shit. Because people are like, oh, you internalize it, you should let that. I was like, nah, this is the scary part. I don't know when this is going to come. Like I was saying <laughs> I'm watching Love on Netflix, and next thing I'm blubbering like a baby. Like, <laughs> but I, I will say, like, no, for me, I was go, yeah, go and tell, tell your story. Tell your story. No, what's up for me? I was I was in bed and I was watching Vampire Diaries, and for some reason it just pissed me off. And I was like, I'm feeling weird, but I locked that thing off and never watched it since. <laughs> <thing."> <laughs> <laughs> like you do some rattle shit, man. Like to this day, like, <laughs> like. <laughs> 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 she said I turned it up and oh. never wanted to touch it again. 
You know what? I've actually, I've actually dealt with some shit in this life. I remember, I remember one time, there was, there was me and we were in a weird situation, yeah? It was like, you know one of those weird situations where you're like, it's on and off and she's like, not your... Like, you know when there's a point where she's not your girl but, and you guys aren't really doing it? Like, you almost... Bad like, in the up, worst, yeah, of all time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what's called? Somehow we're in the same club or whatever, yeah? And she, I see her at the bar and I'm just, whatever, I'm just doing my thing. I see her at the bar. Like, so this brother. And I'm like... Okay, whatever. They could be friends or whatever. So when we when we get back to when we get back together now, and we're talking, and she's like, "Oh yeah, you see that? You see that day? Yeah, that guy who was talking to me was a doctor. He was saying that he wants to take me. I wants to fly me here. He wants to fly me there." And then we were walking to we we're going to go do something. Guess who calls? And it's like, "Oh Mr. yeah, doctor. I got your number the other day." Yeah, <laughs> I just <Bro>. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just be these times. These times I, I was broke. I was bummy as well. And this guy, like, I, I was like. <laughs> what am I going to do now? <laughs> what do I do from this point? <laughs> like I handled, bro. I handled oh. the situationship breakup. Like I handled that with swag once ever. I handled that kill like once ever. Out of the few situationships I've been in, with you. like I handled that once. Like I remember, I just had a, I just had a little thing going on in the summer, and it was like, like she knew for what it was, I knew for what it was. But then it got sticky when she's like, oh, don't be like, don't go to club and go kiss this girl, like this girl. I'm like hold on, you do the exact same thing too. And I kind of just went, okay, we just have to allow it. But like, there's been sometimes in relationships where I've literally been like, like, nah, call me, please, please, please. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, th- like, like, take this through, take, like, strategize this for a second. Like, I just start moving mad. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... Yeah, I had my boys, like, have you ever had, like, my, one of my boys came to my house and he's like crying in front of me. Mm. And I'm just like, what do I even, I was like, do I hug him? And, and then after, that was the day, it was literally the day before that. He went to a club. They just broke up that day, and he went to a club, and he ran into her in the club with, with a new man. I was like, "Fuck it." <laughs> me and my me and my boy cried together before, man. Beautiful moment. She was beautiful. Like, nah, <laughs> nah. He went through the breakup like eight months later, but I still had like internalized feelings about my breakup that I didn't get off. So he was literally like, "Yeah," and then I was like, "I was like, you know what, man?" I was like, "Fuck this," and then we just started crying together. Man. That's uh, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes the breakup takes a while to hit you. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I said, it, I said today, it was like, there's, a, there's the breakup, like did you're saying, there's the breakup, and then when it's actually over. Sometimes there's that breakup, and like there's lingering, and things is like still going, still going, and then I guess the point where I was like, oh, shit's over, over. <laughs> did you see the thing on Twitter where um, it was, it was some, uh, little, uh, some girl video on her little brother gassed over his breakup, like, and she, and, he, and, he, and she, yeah, some quote says, it's all fun and games, so it kicks in like six days later. And people in the comments like, yeah, when you see her, we see her dashboard snap. Because <laughs> girls are so much better. Go on, go on, yeah, what's up? No, no, go on, say what No, I just I was like, girls are so much better dealing with their emotions because they will let themselves feel sad for that first week that you're happy. And by the time they've let themselves feel and they're ready to go and uh, start going out more and wearing less and going out more, when they're ready for that, that's when it hits you. That's when you're kind of like, bro, it's I remember it was called, I went through a situation yet. Me and the girl ended in that. And I was like, it's cool, it's cool. A couple months go by. I'm like, I'm calm. But then she starts going out and shit. And the thing is, because I think. She was probably going with her feelings and everything. She hadn't been going out. She's been chilling. But then she got over it. And then she was going out. And I'm here on Snap just like, 
<laughs> and then you know you know what makes it even worse when they look amazing it's like the whole three months that they, i was just like Fuck you me. have to start you, you nah. have to start you have to start trashing everything else when she starts looking amazing because it's literally like, oh, look, look at the shit place she's going to. Look at this. Or they put the hand <laughs> with the boyfriend. I'm like, this guy's hand is dead. Look at the state of his hand. Like, you're just like, like coming up with <laughs> mad stuff to get even with. And the thing, the thing that's worse is that they'll start looking better now than when they were with you. Yeah. And it was yeah. Like, Damn, man. Bro, nah, if, I, if, I, if I, it's like, God forbid I ever go through that shit, yeah. If I ever go through that shit, Again, while lie, I'm leaving the continent. Me and my girl said that's the Me and Emma I'm, said that's would, the best weight loss plan, man. Just go through a breakup. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. I, I, I said I, I remember I, I was saying this before. I was like, look, the thing is, you know, when you get to a certain level with like your friends, you like you're in the same circles and shit. Like I enjoy to go out, I walk in, I see you there just backing it up on some on some next man. Like, mm-hmm. bro, leave the country. And you need to go to London as well, because exactly. you just see them in London. Like. <laughs> I, will, I will definitely, like, God forbid, I go through it, but if I, it was me, I'm moving to New York or something for a year. You lock off my socials, make new socials, do another new life. Because there's some of these streets I was seeing, yeah? My God, some people went through. <laughs> I saw the funniest streets, like, I'm not even religious, but please ask me why I started praying naked. What <laughs> <laughs> chap said... One child said that he was going to church as a Muslim. Like he's Muslim and he started going to church as a Muslim. <laughs> but I, you know, I, actually, I, I, I saved the couple. <laughs> um, one child goes, I don't even... <laughs> one child goes, I don't even know why I rubbed a bunny key on my chest thinking it would mend my heart. <laughs> I'm so sad I didn't see this trend. I've been just like... Flat out well, like, well, this is well, 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 a girl says... When you're singing worship and praying to God because you literally want him to come cuddle you. I was like, oh my God, you people. Some people, some what's guys said. Some girl said, she said, I went to walk, I went on a walk at 3 a.m. with earphones on. I didn't fear anything again. Nah. <laughs> what's going on? This, 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 guy, this guy goes, this girl put a Bible verse in the, in, in the breakup message. To this day, I skipped Proverbs chapter 14. <laughs> I saw <verse> that one. <laughs> Uh, but you know what this was good for though it's like Dave was saying it's a lot of guys who probably have internalized these feelings and have never expressed it or said it but now they can say it in a comedic factor so they're not going to get like oh you little bitch you know that kind of thing because now a lot it's, of people... it's funny now though yeah, when yeah, you're in yeah. that moment crying your eyes out yeah. it's no fun. it was worse for <laughs> me sometimes because I had that <laughs> self-awareness that at that moment I was being very corny but I was like John fuck it I'm going to let it off for love like I'm going to do whatever like when I was like <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. nah, you know, you know what? You, you want to know what the biggest heartbreak is? The biggest heartbreak is being broken up, like being in a situation where the girl wasn't even yours in the first place. So you don't really have the right to be heartbroken, no, to, no. To, to be upset, but no. you're still upset, yeah. but you're feeling stupid for being upset because you shouldn't be it's upset. Like... <laughs> and then the reality check is her homegirl's like, you shouldn't even be upset right now. Oh, <laughs> like, oh. you're talking to one of your friends, and it's like, but she wasn't even your girl. Would you relax? She wasn't even your girl. <laughs> the one that, that Joe put up, Joe said, like, shout out to Joe. Hope he goes back to the pod soon. He says he's one of his boy text him like, to, the next day saying, I fucked up. I miss my girl. And just like, you don't even like her. 
just the absence of it, you know? Not even like it. <laughs> he says, how are you already at stage five, 20 hours later? You're supposed to have that stage of, I'm <laughs> single again. Then you're like, fuck, I miss my girl. But yeah, the, the, the next question would be like, dealing with all of this, yeah, it's, it's obviously, it's, it's all fun and games, but it would be actually shit if you don't take any lessons or learn from all of these situations. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you from like heartbreak or dealing with these situations or what is it that you've learned about yourself or people through, like, in, in regards to heartbreak? Wait, learned about my, which one? Learned about myself or other people? Both. You can ask, but what have you, like, what have you learned about yourself going through heartbreak? Or what have you learned about other people, like, or the person or the world? Like, what has heartbreak taught you, essentially? I think... <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. Ahead, I, no, I'm saying, I think in a lot of relationships... Um, because my relationships happened to, uh, they nearly almost happened too young for me. It's like I tried to like, I don't know, switch up or alternate my personality. So it was mm. kind of like in my situationships, like one time I was the, trying to be the cocky guy or another time I was trying to be, you know, the, the sweetheart or another time I was trying to be mm. the funny guy. And it's just like, what I learned from him mainly was just like unapologetically bring yourself to the table. If she mm. wants to accept it, she can accept it. If she doesn't kick rocks, like, fuck out of here. Like, do you know what I mean? It's just like, they have to really accept you for you. And it's kind of like, like, I'm grateful to have my girl because she accepts me for me. She's seeing my flaws. She's seeing me being dusty. She's seeing me being whatever, being dusty, being sweat. Like, it's just, I offer me to the table by the time I was able to get into this relationship. Because, like, I'd say from my first relationship up until now, I was, I, my first relationship, I used to try to overcompensate too much. Like, I was doing everything to hold on to the relationship and have this, like, ideal um, uh, perception of a perfect relationship. And then uh, after that relationship, I went into my dog days where I was trying to be a dog or trying to switch up my personality. And it was just, like, ultimately, like, it's all air. Like, it doesn't really matter, really. Like, as long as you're offering you to the table and you keep your morals and you don't change who you are. I know it's cliche stuff, but, like, that's really what I have... Like they enforce those beliefs in within yourself going yeah. through the whatever. Yeah, overall, yeah. Those kids deep sounds like this about crack. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you could like you could change the sound on this a little bit and put on an interview. Like, <laughs> it was way too intimate for a podcast. <laughs> um, for you know what for me actually what I realized is that I'm not as disconnected from my emotions as I thought I was. Because mm. Like on a date, like it's it's weird. I try to explain it to people how I feel on a date today, but they don't really get it. Like, you know, some people like they feel super excited or they might feel super excited or blah blah. I'm literally mm. just a constant like meh. Like mm. I usually mm. feel nothing most of the time. But when that heartbreak touched me, you found out some I was like, oh shit, you got emotions still. Yeah. <laughs> That's another learning process. Yeah. I, I think uh, what I learned the, the last piece as well is just that I feel I feel like you need to just do things. Like, when I say do things, like, just allow things to flow. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, mm. if you need to sit in your head crying for the day, fucking do it. But, like, mm. or also, not everything makes sense. Sometimes do some shit that doesn't make sense just because it's going to help you. Like, do you mm. get what I mean? Like, sometimes, like, let's say if you want to do something stupid, like, if you want to do something stupid, like, um, I don't know, I can't think of something stupid right now, but, like, let's even say, like, pulling up or something. Like, if you ask anybody before you do it, everyone is going to say, don't do that. You're going to look desperate, blah, 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 blah. But that might be the thing that'll make you feel better. So just fucking do it. Like, like mm. if it doesn't work out, <laughs> and get heartbroken. Don't say, don't, don't say you took Deji's advice. Just 
deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I think from Eden Forest, I think I was like, I remember go of like holding on to this. Like I was pissed. I'm like, you were with me for six years, and how you like two like two months later, not wanting to be in a relationship, you're with someone else. Like I was pissed. And I remember just on the, I was in the car on my way to church with my mom, and I like my family. I just remember that what it really it's like nobody actually owes you anything when you, in regards to their happiness. Just because, like, you, you, she was with you for six years and you weren't a thing that made her happy anymore, she was well within her rights to decide what made her happy in the time that she felt was right for her, you know? Mm-hmm. I learned that pretty quick, and I use that within life. I'm like, <clears throat> nobody really owes me anything. It's not to, like, whatever they want to do, they want to do. That was, like, the biggest lesson I learned because I, I have that approach towards a lot of things. If someone wants to do something and even if i feel like they're gonna slight me or whatever i just tell myself look this person doesn't owe you anything it's for their happiness yeah. they gotta and thank you the other thing is it's like <laughs> life goes on and i i people i'm not like it wasn't that dramatic i just went in a sense while i was out here <coughs> hurt crying complaining she was like she was out living with her man getting her cheeks clapped like her life was going on yeah. and i was here hurt so it, it, it gave me a perspective of like whatever you're feeling the world around you hasn't stopped I'm not saying that, like, don't feel sad. Let yourself feel your feels. But understand that, like, the world doesn't stop for you. Whatever it is that's happening in your world, the world keeps going. And if over time, you also just have to be like, come on, I got to keep going. That's kind of, like, the two main lessons I've learned. is like, if from that, like, nobody owes you anything. And with or without you, life goes on. Can I give another lesson before you, like, bring in your mad transitions? Um, <laughs> well, I'd say, like, my, my part, my part and uh, message to it is, like, my dad always mainly said to me when I was a kid, like, like, don't chase people. If it's not there, it's just not there, but don't try to chase it. And what he was mainly referring to always was like friendships. So I feel like through my life, mm. I've just nonchalantly let go of friendships when it's just not there. So like my mm. message is like, it shouldn't really differ with a relationship. Like a relationship to me is just really like a more it a more intimate friendship but like if it's not there just let it go don't chase it don't chase it bro it's not there bro on that point i was in the gym because after we broke up i spent like because i was like you know what you come back i took time off like i took like a year i wasn't dating i wasn't seeing anybody i was like nah she'll come back and yeah. then after a while i realized i was being a mug i'm like well you stay here turning down all these girls she's out there living yeah. her life so last month i was in the gym and my boy goes to me <laughs> this is why he triggered me he says guy i'll tell you one thing in this life Never wait for nobody. <laughs> in my oh. in my side, I was like, "Fuck!" I was like, "Why were you when we were like twenty to say this exact same thing to me when I wanted to move on?" <laughs> no, like don't, don't be trying to do don't be trying Sorry? to do of Jordan two point Like when she's getting her cheeks clapped, you know what I mean? It's just work. You know what I mean? For yourself, you know I mean? work on yourself, yourself for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> you're just playing yourself, kind of thing. Yeah, but I think I think that's probably that's probably the, that's probably that's probably the main the most important thing, as in like. Because um, you know what? You actually, funnily enough, this would be my actual my actual lesson or whatever. It's that you can even if the relationship is going well, don't base your happiness on that person because life doesn't stop and people aren't yours. Kind of a situation like because if that person dies tomorrow, what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like especially for girls. Jesus Christ, especially for girls. Fam, make sure that you're still. How can I put this in a way that makes sense? Make sure you're still acting as if you're single, not in the point of like loyalty or talking to people, obviously all of that shit. But like when I say acting like you're single, making sure that 
you know how to do these things by yourself. Don't ever be able to rely on somebody that if that person goes, a whole chunk of your life is gone because when they go and that chunk of your life is gone, that heartbreak hurts differently because not only is that person gone, but you also can't, you are also losing this whole part of you because you just left it, you left it yeah. to them kind of a situation. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's what it is like. Yeah, like Lauren Hustle, well, like Nipsey's babes, she said the best. She says, you don't like, you don't have people, you experience people. And that's like the best way to put it because one way or another, we're all here for a good time, not a long time in, in general. So I guess that's, we, we talk, a, we started lighthearted joking about it. Then we kind of made it serious. So let's take it back to a joke. So Dave, you watched the SNL, Dave Chappelle kind of speaking out and yes, talking after after the election was made i i wanted to speak on it just because i wanted to maybe share to see your thoughts on this the way i see Chappelle now he's kind of more of like a speaker than a comedian he speaks with punchlines rather than creates comedy that's the feeling i got from it i was like he makes good points he's engaging he makes you think he doesn't make you laugh as much as he would have because the points he's making they're like they're real life stuff and I, and even he says that he says like no, not that he says that. He jokes that about it to a point that, like, he doesn't like that the only way that people will listen to him is that if he puts a punchline at the end of what he's saying. Because when he just speaks, he speaks really well, and he says things that get you engaging. And in comparison to what we talked about Kanye last week, his points are, like, coherent, and he knows what he wants to say. With the added humor, makes it actually better because you digest it easier. <laughs> so that's kind of that's the takeaway I got from Dave Shepard. I just want to see, like, do you kind of still see him as a comedian or comedic in in a speaking i think i think overall it just shows like how multifaceted he is as a person like like to have mm. this ability to um take time on your thought process and like articulate in such a great way it's like it's like matching the message to the moment when appropriate like the mm. fact he was able to do like the 27 minutes out in the cornfield and make it appropriate to the moment and um, without coming off corny or it's performative or anything like that it was genuine and it's like doing the same thing with the snl thing it's like it's like he was like overt with it and abrasive but like he it was in such a passive way that he was putting the message across like it's like it's like we internalize our feelings as black people and, and the, the fact that you white people are doing this year welcome to the club but he like mm. spun it in like a comedic sense and it's just like it's like that guy in the debate team. Have you ever done debates and shit like that? Yeah, like I that did, guy actually, in the debate yeah. team that doesn't say a word the whole round, yeah. And then he says one sentence and drops the mic. And that's yeah. it. He was just processing everything else everybody else was saying from Ohio. And he came to his own conclusion and articulated it like so great. Yeah. Did you watch it, Ditch? I I I was thinking that's just you think what? I, I was listening to it in the background. I, I, didn't really, I was listening to it in the background. I wasn't really paying the most attention. But I've been a for the longest, anyways. Like him and like the likes of Chris Rock as well. They, they just, they're not really telling jokes, they're just telling stories that happen, yeah, that yeah. happen to have funny parts. Part mm-hmm. of them. And it's laughing. You know what I'm so I think, yeah. I think yeah. literally, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's just, he, they're just, especially Dave. Dave is just like, Amazing at the goal. It's been him now that he yeah, gets older. Now. He's yeah, that's he's true. Yeah. yeah, you're okay now. Yeah, you're good. Can you hear me you're now? okay now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think as he's getting older, like as he, as he gets older, he 
he's just coming more rounded at ease. Maybe might be more time to articulate his thoughts. And you know, like you're just getting older and you start understanding things more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you just speak better, you understand things more. And I think that's just what it's become. And it's weird. I feel like Dave is probably one of those people, the older he gets, the better he's just going to continuously get because the yeah. more experience and everything that he's going to have. Uh, like, I think that that's a good point you actually make there because it's like he's transcended the art of that is comedy and stand-up comic. And he also gets the benefit of us just like listening to him because of his status. It's kind of like Jay-Z now, for example, in the same way, he doesn't have to list, release mumble rap or release what the culture is listening to right now because he's been so great for so long that we will he's earned our respect to all to like the majority of people that like rap music. He's earned their respect. Even if they're born like now, they will still listen to say, okay, who is this Jay-Z guy? What's he talking about? And let's hear this album. And I think Dave has also reached the status where he is now, he can just speak to us and will always listen, even if it's not stand-up comedy. Because this was essentially 60 minutes of him just talking and adding comedy and yeah. humor and politics. And the same way, not every comedy can do this with me. If like, there's not a lot of comedy comedians that can do this. If like Bert, one guy I watched it, if Michael Rappaport, for example, who is a comedian and he does a stand-up and he goes on SNL and he's just talking, I'm just not going to give him that time. And that's credit to Dave. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like, like Deji says, every artist, as time goes on, they develop and they change and they grow. And this is just his growth within his craft. Because we've never really seen a com- comedian's growth. They make jokes, make jokes, they go into movies, and that's kind of it. But now Dave goes into like public speaking and talking yeah, it's it's good, and the fact that now that that Chappelle show was on Netflix, so and there, all that the, hype about Dave, they were like saying we put Dave on a pedestal, and maybe a lot of people don't understand. Like, say if you're born like in the year 2003 and you're 17, and you're seeing Dave Chappelle now, you're just like he just speaks. Why do people like this? Now you can actually go back on Netflix and watch his catalogs, and you might be like, oh, this is the why the reason people fuck with Dave Chappelle so much. Mm. So I just that's that was kind of my thought. I yeah. Um, I'm the same, like, like going off to your point, what you just said, you can go back and watch Dave Chappelle's things. That's how I've always done it, mainly with Dave Chappelle mm. on YouTube. And it's like, it's just wonderful to see this evolution and where his content now is like just his testimonies as a man. Whereas like, mm. like 10 years ago, like the content he was putting out was stuff that didn't really correlate with his life. Like, like the infamous, like Al Qaeda joke on the plane or whatever. It's, it's, it's all just matters that were happening at the time that didn't really correlate to his life. What's the fact he can bring it back into his life now where it's like, we're laughing at his pain, but it's also testimony to who he is and what he stands on. And just like, just the little anecdote he was telling about, um, about his, his great, great grandfather being, uh, being a slave. And it's just like all this, just for me to like sell my, uh, my IP to Netflix. And really it's me being still yeah. being a slave. So you've been bought and sold yeah. as many as time. It's like, it's yeah. really deep and intriguing to talk about like, your slavery and your, your history and how you're bearing the Chappelle name, which is a slave's name. And at the end of it, you still spin it into a joke about how you've been bought and sold so many times because you're still not getting any money from Netflix, even though you're the showing Ohio your show. Joke for me, the Ohio joke, like um, him, him making jokes about Ohio that like, it's funny that uh, people on Ohio didn't recognize me. They taught us that, uh, they taught us the guy in the supermarket that made it in TV. They know all them jokes actually always the TV guy that was in the supermarket and he was getting noise complaints from the cornfields, but he like drew back in and almost like built up the economy of Ohio. And this is just some random place he moved to live out at. Um, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have heard about it. Yeah, yeah. it was just testimony I to him. I wouldn't have heard about it. 
Mm. Yeah, it's just testimony to him, like that community is just such a vital thing to him. I think that stuff he's brought a long time with like just completely leaving the whole fame thing and becoming a recluse and like moving out to Africa and just like seeing the community there and the economy everyone builds there. It's like he takes that everywhere with him and goes to Ohio. Like he can just go to Ohio and build a community there and go, actually, I can empower this community and the economy there. Even though it's just a place I live in, it's just such a big thing to him, community. So I think it's a beautiful thing. No? Are you ready, ready for, another, for another transition? No, I think that was it. We've covered all topics. What's what I, mean, I have an I have an I'm what? A, the asshole. I have, oh, you have an I'm an asshole. asshole. Let's we go. Have we have but this but this one, yeah, is actually fucking hilarious. All right, so the title is Am I the asshole for thinking my nephew should share his lottery winnings with me? I bought the ticket. So Ooh. Uh, so I've had a I've had a really rough year, laid off from my job and I'm out of unemployment options. I do own my house and manage to scrape by to pay my property taxes and insurance with odd with odd jobs, but I'm eating ramen just every meal. Just about every meal. I love my nephew and I can't and I can't get by on the thought that I wouldn't have been able to get him a birthday present. His birthday was November the 3rd. I scraped together whatever change I could and bought him some lottery scratchers. Holy shit, he actually won. Two, he won two of them, not even just one. One was for about $50, which was cool enough, but the second was actually into the high middle, wait, was into the middle five figures. I mean, life-changing money. I can't say the exact amount because in the state, they're lot, lottery winners get, get like put in, put in public record. His parents, which is his sister, his, the guy's sister, and her husband are very well off. My nephew has a, has a fully funded college fund and every material thing he could ever want. When I found out, I told my sister that it would be really cool if my nephew gave me at least three quarters of the winnings. She asked if I was serious. If I was serious, I said I felt like this was being very, very generous because I needed all of it. She actually, she actually hung up on me. I texted my nephew and I think he actually blocked me. Here's the thing. I need the money. It's a matter of eating or not eating he doesn't am i the asshole for thinking he should share his winnings with me of the gift i gave him it depends it depends on the relationship he has really with the nephew like like if he is like he loves her and he couldn't he couldn't go for his birthday without buying him a present so he obviously the relationship is that he loves his nephew a lot so that's that that for me first of all shows a great relationship because he did whatever he could given the situation to give him anything a present you know I think it's bad family if I'm being like honest, like 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 he's breaking down that situation. I'm hearing it's a guy that's like like needs something to to get up off his feet. You know what I mean? And like I, I don't know. I that. He needs that to live. Hmm. He needs that to live. Like he's saying, he like literally he needs that to live. Yeah, I'm kind of sad. That's real. If it is, like that's some trash family, bro. I don't think he's the. I like to answer the question. I don't think he's an asshole because his request is essentially circumstantial. Yeah, it's a matter of like I need to eat. So if you need to eat, and if any of you've explained this to your family, and you've told them like, look, and the fact is they're well off, they've paid his college fund, and if this is your sister, if your brother is in that kind of situation, and you can, you're in a situation to help him, would you not then like help him? And hey, he's only giving us his side of the story. Maybe he's reckless with money. Maybe he's he blows money up. Maybe he's not good with cash. Like, we don't know his situation. Okay, he said he's lost his job, for, for example, and he, that was his situation. But his side of the story is, that's his side of the story. 
But we also don't know what he has done for it. You know how sometimes like you try to help people, but after a while you're fed up of helping them and you want them to help themselves. But given this, the information we're given, he's not an asshole because for you to circumstantially ask for money to help you get on your feet from your family, mm-hmm. that doesn't make you an asshole. And it's not like you're asking for brand new money or money that they don't have. Yeah. It's clear you're asking for money that they do have and they, don't, they can do without for now. So I don't think it's an asshole. And I did, he didn't seem that entitled um, in wanting like a quarter of the winnings or whatever it was. Like, it's just like, it's like you said, it's circumstantial. Like he, he, said, he more highlighted he needs it than he has a right to it. So yeah. I don't yeah. see the issue. Like, uh, yeah, I, I don't think he's an asshole, but this keeps, it reinforces the, the thing that I live by. My motto is expect nothing from everybody because... Nope. Nobody owes you anything. There you go. I'd be upset about it. But at the end of the day, I'm sorry, look, fuck it, it is what it is kind of a situation. However, though, moving on, moving on, and let's say he does get back on his feet, is it fuck your family for life? Is it fuck those guys for life now? Not for, I wouldn't say for life, but it's still fuck those guys. Yeah. Fuck those guys. Like, I would, like, family at the end of the day, well, I would, nah, that's not even accurate. I was going to say family's all we've got, but not, not for everybody, you know? <laughs> so I can understand, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad at him if he said fuck your family for life, because if you leave me my time of need and I'm okay again, then that, 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 I don't have, I won't have that like obligation or feel the need to reconcile with you because I'm like, if you could see me at my lowest and laugh and hang up on me and then your, your family blocks me when I actually need you, I don't see a, I wouldn't be mad at someone for saying that like, I don't want to reconcile with them. It's like, fuck them, fuck them forever. So that would yeah, be a fair way to feel. I think for me, it's fuck them for life. Like, because like, what, like, what do I actually need you for? Like, you know my situation, you know that this isn't that I can't, this isn't like I need this money to go buy a new car. This is, I need this money it's or I'm going to die. Like, if I do get back up, you don't know what it took for me to get back up. Like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, what if I had to go start slinging dick on the streets or something? Do you get what I'm saying? Or start selling crack? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, and that's something that could have easily been avoided. Like, let's say I got kidnapped and shit, mad shit happened and all of this happened. I didn't have to go through all of that if you are just giving me a bit of money. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, that you didn't have in the first place. Yeah. For, for how, what's the odds, though? You buy two lottery tickets and you win on both. What are the chances? Exactly. Well, yeah, <laughs> if, if we're done, do you want to close yeah, this we've, out? Yeah, we've got a minute left. Yeah, yeah. We'll close it out, yeah. Hey, and if you've made it to the end of the pod, you've been blessed with the highest level of analysis. We have.